0: Another exciting episode of VR in Education. In today's episode we get to talk to Tommy Palm who's the CEO of Resolution Games. Tommy's been involved in game design for over 14 years and his team has been awarded more than 10 international awards. Besides game design we're gonna hear from Tommy about being a teacher and as well as a presenter, so welcome, welcome to the show, Tommy.
1: Thank you very much. Happy to be on it. Uh,
0: this is a pretty standard question. I like to begin every interview with, and that is everyone's origin story. In other words, how did you get involved and interested in VR?
1: Uh, well, I started very early, um, loving to play video games and arcades in the late 70s, early 80s. Then I started coding. Uh, games myself uh, for the Commodore 64 back in the 80s. And uh, very early on in the 90s, I had a chance to see an arcade machine, a uh, VR arcade machine called uh, Virtuality. And uh, that was mind-blowing to me. I've, I've, I had seen Tron before, so the, the concept of like being inside of a video game was something that I, I truly believed in and, and that me and my friends always thought that video game was going to be this huge medium that everybody was going to do eventually but in the beginning it was just uh, a few of us nerds kind of who who really enjoyed this and kind of saw the future for it then it took a really long time for vr to i mean vr still hasn't really happened right so Mm -hmm. it's still something that very few people uh engage in and and it's still difficult to to get into it you need uh, powerful equipment uh, that's fairly expensive and and you need to be rather tech savvy in order to have a good experience but uh, i'm sure we'll we'll get past that eventually uh, I, I think games is such a fantastic uh, medium to to do you know to have fun with your friends to learn new things it's been instrumental to me to find interest to learn to speak English for once. I'm, I'm, as you said, I'm a Swedish citizen, so my native language was Swedish. Um, but from early day, I, I realized that I need to understand English uh, in order to, to fully understand the games, because they weren't translated into Swedish. And uh, now I think uh, education in VR is also a very, very interesting topic.
0: Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, I've got so many accolades from various teachers and more importantly, students in regards to a lot of your games, which is what led me down the path to seek you out to talk to you about a lot of your games. But before we get into the games and your company, you know, I dug up a bit about you and it talked about you also doing a bit of teaching. Can you talk a bit about the teaching that you are doing?
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, not too much these days, uh, as as being a CEO of a, of a fast-growing startup is, is uh, a daunting task. But uh, I've been uh, teaching on and off for <laughs> quite a long time, I don't know, 25 years or so. Uh, I still do guest lectures uh, at the Royal Institute of Technology, and, and uh, I, I really... Enjoy that, Um, and I used to have uh, my own courses there, Uh, and uh, I have also been involved in a project called Stugan, which is the Swedish word for cabin, where we bring game developers out to a cabin in the woods and they work on their games there. So uh, it's kind of been a hobby of mine to to try to share my experience that I had with uh, making games and starting companies and noodling on game design.
0: What's the hardest thing t- about teaching game design?
1: Uh, it is, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy teaching math or uh, programming where it's very, it's, you can follow a very simple recipe. I think with game design, there still is a touch of magic to it. I think in its core game design, is about figuring out how our brains work, and uh, we haven't figured that part out yet. Uh, nobody knows how, how how the human brains really work and and a lot of the things that we do in game design is very accidental like oh, you know we did <laughs> we did this and now uh, this game becomes super fun and then you will just keep thinking about it want to go back to it.
0: Good, good answer um you you uh you started up or were quite popular earlier on in your career designing two d games and then uh have now moved into uh a company that's designed virtual reality games how is how are those two mediums different as far as game design goes
1: um i think two d games are a bit simpler because it's uh, less resource demanding. Uh, at the same time, the the game engines have become so much better and more powerful today. So it's really uh, you can keep the team size smaller than you could back in the days. So you used to have, need a lot more programmers as we were doing uh, more of the kind of foundation work Uh, for every game and then we don't have to do that anymore so that's that's really good um but other than that i think that the the core design principles are are pretty much the same uh with with virtual reality you are also making worlds in a way uh and uh, that is a big task of course is it depending on you know Great game design is always about scoping down your ideas to something that is manageable and and hopefully doesn't take uh, endless resources to produce. So it is uh, something that you have to think about and have to kind of design for. Uh, I I have started five uh, companies in the video games industry and and kind of uh, always had rather small budgets compared to, to a lot of the big games out there. And uh, then you really need to be good at uh, focusing down on the core and, and stripping away things that is not relevant for your product.
0: Which you already alluded to this is that's the essence of, you know, anything really As a as a teacher myself, you know, the better I am at teaching is basically communicating to kids, you know, this let's distill this down to what it's really about and what is the big idea or the big concept and game design obviously most good games ultimately have a very evident obvious goal to them, and then obviously we have sub goals after that right
1: yeah i i i uh I was a rather uh, bad student myself uh, <laughs> because I was never really interested and, and uh, I had a hard time finding motivation and inspiration um, and it is uh, one of the, the core thing I think when we're making games I try hard to have everybody in the team feeling very inspired about the product they're making and that that makes a lot of difference and I think that really applies to learning things as well you need to be motivated in order to, for things to stick.
0: Let's talk a bit about your latest company, Resolution Games. What has been, um, how many years has it been in operation? Tell us a bit about the mission and the vision of your company over the last few years.
1: So we've been, uh, we've been at it for a bit more than five years now, uh, focusing on making uh, games for primarily VR, also, a little bit of uh, augmented reality. Uh, we've released about ten games so far, so we've been quite productive, uh, and it's been it's been super fun journey so far. It, VR is slow on the pickup. Uh, I'm very happy to see the Oculus Quest. That's the first headset for me that is kind of fulfilling all the. The basic requirements needed for for a great experience: uh, the price point low enough, the you know you can go straight into VR. You don't need to get stuck in downloading a lot of updates and drivers and very technical things. Uh, so that's really showing on our games as well that this is the first time people are really staying a longer time in the games and then come back to them and have a, a great time with. Uh, Uh, Sometimes they're friends when it's a multiplayer game. So lately we've been focusing more and more on multiplayer. I definitely think that one of the great opportunities with VR is creating some sort of kind of virtual world where you don't need to leave your house in order to meet up other uh, friends and, and interesting people to play with.
0: Yeah, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the the times we're living in right now with COVID-19, how, you know, it's almost ironic that headsets haven't caught up and they're, you know, they're not as prevalent within households right now, which is too bad because now more than ever, we live in a time that uh, everything would be so much more productive if, if uh, X number of people had VR headsets right now.
1: Yes, especially I think like the VR of the future is going to really help out uh, creating a a great situation for collaborating uh, online. So uh, actually in the game design, uh, we've worked quite a lot with a, a famous game designer called Mike Booth who was the original guy who made Left for Dead and has been involved in programming uh, Counter-Strike and stuff like this. And he is in California, and uh, there's a lot of... There's nine hours time difference, but we meet up with him in the games that we make. So Mm -hmm. uh, he was involved in making Acron, and then Mm -hmm. we would meet up every week and kind of design the game together in the virtual world, which is really you know, it feels like you're there together. It's, it's a really good basis for collaboration.
0: I know you mentioned you guys have 10 games under your belt as a company, and I'm, I'm not familiar with all 10, but many of them I am familiar with and have played and I love. And they all seem to have this uh, non-violent theme, which for education for educators is phenomenal. Is that intentional on purpose or just... So happen that your games aren't gun involved.
1: That's something that I have been trying to uh, challenge myself and and the other d- d- designers in the company. I I do think that you can make a nonviolent game, but it's very easy to fall back on. These core loops that we're very uh, accustomed to where you know you find a better sword you kill a, a bigger monster you get more loot etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, so it it is something that we're we're aiming to do uh, we've we've uh, worked hard on trying to make the games as accessible as possible uh, and in some games it's uh more like that in bait, for instance, our fishing game that's been out the longest. Uh, even the virtual fish are never hurt; they are like uh, going back to the water. And we we really take that all the way uh, in in a game like uh, Acorn Attack of the Squirrels. Uh, you know, as a tree, you knock out the squirrels by hurling uh, pieces of wood on them. So. There is an element of cartoon violence there, but I think it's uh, it's very mild. Um, but it would be very challenging to do that exact game without any violence in. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think it can be made though. So it's as a designer, you just need to challenge yourself and try and and find the recipe that works.
0: Well, like I said, I applaud you, and I know many educators that I work with and talk to. Are um, relieved that there are game designers out there that are steering clear of the violence, which we, you know, most of us educators would believe have no place within schools. I want to talk about Acron because it was actually one of the first games I stumbled across with you guys. I did some uh, some contract work for Springboard VR, and one of my jobs for Springboard VR was to find off-the-shelf games from companies like yours and then make lesson plans for teachers based on those games. And uh, the reason Akron is so popular for schools and teachers is you can have one person with the headset, but then eight or maybe nine other people on phones who can play along, which I believe is brilliant because schools can't necessarily afford multiple headsets yet. But you can have a team of almost 10 kids involved in this amazing multiplayer, almost asymmetrical type game where they're trying to either work on their own or as a team. What have you heard or t- tell us a bit about how Akron came about?
1: Uh, yeah, so we, we uh, wanted, I've, I've always been very fascinated with uh, multiplayer games uh, from, from the get go of my career as a as a hobby programmer and and, uh, and eventually professional game maker uh games just become way more fun if you're enjoying it with friends and one of the problems right now in the early days of vr is as you said the lack of headsets so uh you might visit a friend and there's one headset there and you want to try it out and being able to use your smartphone is a great way of of uh, creating a situation where it's easier for several people to join it's also a very good way of learning the game uh, in a, in a more social setting so it's easier to to learn the game on the phone first and then go into vr secondarily when you understand the base concept of the game so so uh this was something that we started working with with mike uh, booth on uh we wanted to do a uh, Asymmetrical game, a game that wasn't the same in VR as it was outside VR, and uh, we we experimented our way forward. In the beginning, we tried something more uh, resource management like. Yeah, but then uh, the team came up with this very simple prototype of uh, you hurling things at at uh, the players on their phone, and, and that worked really, really well. So we we developed the game that way.
0: Well, w- what's interesting when I watch students play it is one student dons the headset, they're the tree, obviously they're protecting their acorns, and then invariably the, the other students on their phones, which are the squirrels, will go it alone for the first few uh, play goes or play rounds, but eventually I find that they start intuitively working at strategy. So they'll say, well, you know, I want you to be the chubby squirrel and I want you to be the, I can't remember all the different squirrel characters. (laughs) And, And I find that fascinating how, you know, again, kids, you know, grades seven and up start to strategize and start building team skills as a consequence of your game.
1: Yes, that's that's uh, great to hear. Uh, that's something, a part that I think games have always been really great at to kind of simplify the, the rules of society and and um, quicker get people to talk to each other and and uh, uh, in this case collaborate to to achieve a mutual goal. Um, so super happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, I don't know about in Sweden, but in Canada, we had this game we used to play, usually at nighttime, called Kick the Can. So what happened was there'd be this can and you were in the in a neighborhood, maybe on someone's front lawn. Someone was it and they had to tag other people before the group of whatever, 10 or maybe eight, eight other uh, people or players could kick over the can. And so Akron is very much like kick the can because you end up strategizing like do you do you trick the person who's trying to protect the can and so uh, I write I've written a book and it's just coming out of publication and one of my chapters actually talks about collaboration and teamwork and I I talk a bit about your game and how it's the modern day version to me of kick the can
1: yeah wow cool thanks yeah I'll, I'll pick up a copy of the book yeah, it's out August 1st, so I'll let you know. Thank you. Um,
0: let's move on, another, again, brilliant game that I feel has so much value within schools and for students and educators is Angry Birds, Isle of Pigs VR. And One of the things that I like about it is how realistic the physics are. And then there's the, the level where you can build your own tower, and then have someone else challenge someone else to use the various Angry Birds to try and knock it over. Tell me a bit more about uh, that particular VR game.
1: Yeah, so Angry Birds Isle of Pigs is the first uh, game where we licensed somebody else's IP. So Angry Birds obviously belongs to Rovio. Uh, but we we started that project as uh, augmented reality project for magic leap. Mm. Uh, and then developing it, we didn't have a magic leap from the beginning. So we emulated it in, in VR. And we really felt that, you know, this is gonna be a great VR game. Let's let's do it for, for virtual reality and build out a bigger game with more levels. So we we did. Uh, and then we felt that VR is so great that creating things. So it would be super fun to have a, a level editor in there. Uh, and uh, we we finally managed to do it. We've been talking about it for several years. And then uh, now, uh, like half a year ago, I think we released uh, the first part of it. We're still working on, on uh, making it online so you can publish a level. Uh, so all the people in the world can can play it. I think that would uh, be uh, you know very powerful way of that's a lot of people back in the 90s started their game career with molding and here you have a chance to to try level design from from I think you you can be very young. And, and start building blocks uh, on top of each other and, and uh, create fun levels with it. So I'm, I'm very happy that we get to do that. Angry Birds is such a great uh, brand, and, and uh, it's always been a very uh, fun, simple game to get into, but could be like really complex puzzles that you need to solve in order to to pass the level. So So super fun to work with that IP.
0: I love that you use the word puzzles because, um, again, I've curated and looked at uh, many educational VR games and applications over the last couple of years with my work with Springboard VR. And one of the things I keep coming back to are games like yours where kids are playing, hopefully multiplayer, but they're also inquiring and thinking about cause and effect and, you know, ruminating on, well, what just happened there? I think one of the hardest things about teaching isn't teaching kids to memorize important facts within the classroom. It's getting them to distill down the big idea, or we call it concept-based teaching and learning, you know, things like, um, systems thinking, when we look at Angry Birds VR, you know, why didn't the tower fall at that particular point? Or should I, you know, which bird should I use? Because some birds fly faster than others. And so having these fun, engaging games that you guys develop to get kids to think big makes it worth buying a headset or putting on the headset, as opposed to putting on a headset and then seeing the parts to the heart, which you know may enhance the learning experience, but in my humble opinion, not as much as games that you guys
1: develop yeah, it's great to hear that. I definitely think that kids are very interested in virtual reality and and a a lot of them feel that this is the future and uh, that it it sparks their interest and and uh, their ability to wanna explore more and and do new things.
0: Let's, let's move on to your one, one of your newest games called cookout, a sandwich tale, which isn't out yet, but I'm curious to hear a bit more about this because on your website, it says, uh, cookout a sandwich tale, which focuses on concepts of communication and collaboration. Can you tell us a bit more about this upcoming
1: game? Uh, yes, but we are a little bit sparse with the details, uh, still, uh, as, as the game is, uh, isn't released yet. Uh, but it's, it's built around collaboration and, and, uh, um, it's a, it's a multiplayer game that you play together. Uh, so, uh, in, you need more headsets in order to, to enjoy it as a multiplayer game. Uh, but I think cooking is one of these, uh, Things that is very social in, in real life. It's also nonviolent, and it's just a lot of fun to to play around with food and, and uh, in the kitchen in a very in a safe way. And uh, here, you know, it's very easy to clean up your mess after afterwards. So <laughs> that's that's really good. Um, this is something we worked uh, a really long time on. So I'm, I'm super happy that it's soon going to be released. And um, I think this time when, when people are home more, it's great to get more multiplayer game experiences out there. Because one of the things that's so strong with VR is that you really feel that you're there together with somebody else, even though that person is very far away from you physically. Uh, but here you you uh, you get that feeling of of uh, presence, which is really strong.
0: Yeah. Besides cooking, I always said that there are not enough students out there, younger kids, that understand gardening either and understanding where food actually comes from. I I taught in urban areas or cities most of my life, and many don't know how to pick up a shovel or anything like that. So. Maybe that's an idea for your next game. Some Absolutely, sort
1: of farming farm yeah. and gardening. Now I, I really, I always uh, enjoyed that uh, type of uh, games. Where uh, currently Stardew Valley, for instance, is a great example of where you take care of a farm and and uh, even simple chores as cleaning and and. Uh, st- you know, making, removing rocks and chopping down trees can be a lot of fun in a game when there is cl- clear goals.
0: Yeah, like bait. I bet you there's a lot of kids that have never fished before either, so bait is brilliant that way.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, we really try to to make it into a kind of a nature experience, <laughs> even though you're uh, probably pretty far from nature when you're playing a VR game. <laughs>
0: Tell us a bit more about what's next for Resolution Games besides Cookout coming up. Is there anything else that you know you think listeners might sort of want to know about the company moving forward? What are its goals in the next year or so?
1: Uh, we are being extremely productive right now, so we have a f- really exciting lineup of games coming out. Uh, uh, many of them is going to be multiplayer because. Mm. Uh, we are feeling that the market is finally getting big enough for it to to be a chance that there is somebody else there. Uh, And one of the great things with virtual reality is that a lot of the PC and and console games you play, you sit still and and you don't move a lot. But with virtual reality, uh, there is an element of you actually using your body more so i think that uh, there's a great opportunity there to do more active things and that's something that we're currently exploring in the company so stay tuned for for more info on that
0: well i'm excited like i said uh many of your games have huge praise by me and more importantly students all across who i've worked with so there anything else that you think the audience might want to hear that you, we haven't talked about yet?
1: Uh, no, I just want to thank. I think this is a great initiative. I, I, I do think that eventually we'll get to a point where a lot of uh, material is designed for uh, education from, the big, from get-go, but right now it's very difficult to the audience is so small and it's expensive to make uh, content. So uh, therefore, I think it's great what you're doing right now. You're taking uh, existing entertainment titles and you're uh, thinking of uh, ways that these can be used for for teaching things. I think that's a really great thing to, to focus on.
0: Well, and like you, I grew up playing a lot of games. So I, I think kind of like what the students would think, and that is, I think we can crack open a textbook or look on a Wikipedia site to glean and teach some of the basic factual information. But, you know, schools are changing and they're shifting more towards deeper thinking and getting kids, you know, more enlightened on what's the big idea here. And it's games like what you're developing that enable us teachers to allow a kid to experience something like fishing and teach them how to ask questions as opposed to you know memorizing the different types of fish that are in the lake. So um, you know, is there a need for companies to shift? No, like I, 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 sh- I hope that your company continues to make these sort of riveting, engaging, fun multiplayer type games. And it's up, up to us as experts on pedagogy to find a use case scenario for them within our curriculum. Great.
1: Yeah, perfect. Thank you.
0: Uh, how, if people had other questions, what
1: would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? I'm on Twitter. That's Tommy underscore Palm.
0: Okay. Sounds good. If you hold on after this, I'll just sort of debrief with you and uh, say my goodbye. So Tommy, anyway, thanks so much for having you on the show. And we look forward to seeing more exciting multiplayer games
1: from your company in the future. Thank you very much. Pleasure being here. Bye for
0: now.